0: As of this past Friday, my husband Steve and I have been married for 22 years. And so we actually celebrated a few weeks ago because here's the thing, there was a certain restaurant that I really wanted to go to and we actually couldn't get reservations on May 31st. And so we went out for dinner um, a few weeks ago back on the May long weekend and it was just a great night to celebrate um, how far God has brought us and celebrate the gift of each other. And so we like to make a big deal out of anniversaries and get dressed up and go somewhere special. Sometimes on our anniversary, we'll reflect back on the past year and look at what's been good and what's been hard and how we've grown. Sometimes we just have fun and sometimes we'll even look back on um, our wedding day and reminisce about what that was like. Here's actually a photo. It's not a great photo as far as quality, but here's a photo of Steve and I two weeks ago when we celebrated our anniversary. Um, We just took it on our phone really quickly. And here's a photo of us 22 years ago on our wedding day. In some ways, those 22 years have felt like a long time, and in other ways, they've gone by really, really quickly. A lot has changed, and I'm not just talking about our hairstyles. There's a lot that happens between the day you get married and when you celebrate a 22-year anniversary. The highlight reel of anniversaries and trips and holidays looks so much different than everyday life. We could probably fill a few books with stories. For sure, it's been a wild, messy, and beautiful ride. And it's been the hardest thing, and it's been the best thing that has ever happened to Steve and I. In spite of the hurts and disappointments that have crept into our marriage over the past two decades, we still believe more than ever before that we are better together. Our marriage has been a place where God has met us. He's changed us in ways that we could not have anticipated. I am 100% the person I am today because of Steve, and I think he would say the same about me. As I was preparing for this morning, as I was writing this message, there were so many times that I kept thinking, I think I'm writing this message just for me. I'm the one that needs to hear this. In many ways, I found myself writing the message that maybe I needed to hear 22 years ago. There are so many things that I've learned the hard way, that we've learned the hard way. And so before we dive into the message this morning, there are a few disclaimers that I want to give. The first is this, by no means am I an expert on marriage. I have some experiences in my marriage, but I'm on this journey just like many of you today. Secondly, this morning's message is not intended to address or debate the theology of marriage. This is an important conversation and it's one that can be very polarizing in our culture. And it's one that we're actually trying to navigate as a church in a loving fashion. But today we wanna focus on an equally important and spiritually significant dimension of marriage. And lastly, this conversation is not intended to exclude or ignore those who are unmarried. To those of you this morning who are single, separated or divorced, please hear me say we love you We need you and we are so grateful that you are a part of our community. As we have responded to this requested felt need from within our community, we hope this conversation about God's vision for marriage can help all of us see marriage for all it's intended to be, for the sake of all the relationships God has in store for us, and also so that we can support one another, including the married friends that we have in our lives. I know that on a morning like this, in a room like this, we find ourselves in so many different places today. It's possible that many emotions could be triggered as we spend a morning talking about marriage. Some of you are single and content. Some of you are single and longing to be married. Some of you are married and loving life. Others are married and barely hanging on. Some of you are married and wish you were single, or maybe you're married and wish you were married to someone else. Some of you are brokenhearted and grieving the loss of someone you love. And so at the very, very front end of this message, I want you to know this morning that I see you. I acknowledge where you're at. And in many ways, I have been in a lot of those places that you find yourself in this morning. And on a morning like this, I want to speak to those who are married. And no matter the condition of your marriage, I want to speak to you, but I especially want to speak to those of you who are hanging on by a thread. I want to give you hope and perspective and remind you what marriage is and why we believe it's worth fighting for. So back when Steve and I fell in love and we couldn't imagine life without each other, things progressed and we got engaged. And before you know it, we're planning a wedding. And in all of the excitement about planning a wedding, we weren't exactly studying God's vision for marriage. We just knew that it was a beautiful thing and God created it and we were all in. But when it comes to God's vision for marriage that we see developed throughout the scriptures, there's a particular word that stands out. It's a word that we rarely use in our everyday lives. We may have never even thought about it when it comes to our marriages. And that word is Covenant. I'm not exactly sure what comes to mind for you when you hear the word covenant. Maybe nothing at all. And maybe that's because we tend, as a society, to live more out of the mindset of contracts than covenants. Most of us have very little understanding of this word. And when we think of marriage, we usually do so in terms of a contract and not a covenant. But in reality, the two words are very different. A contract is basically an agreement between two or more people, signifying that all of the signing parties will do something. A contract is something you sign when you buy a house, you start a new job, or you lease a car. And it's worth noting that when the terms of a contract change, the parties are no longer bound to it. But covenants are different. Covenants change the game from being conditional and transactional to being unconditional and relational covenant relationships are intentional sacred and set apart in the old testament of the bible we read about covenants that god made with noah abraham moses and david in genesis 15 starting in verse 18 we read about the covenant that god made with abraham about the promised land that he was to inherit it says this on that day the Lord made a covenant with Abram and said, To your descendants I give this land, from the wadi of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates. And then if we flip to the New Testament, we read about how the New Covenant is a new relationship with God that is all made possible through Jesus. We read in Luke 22:20: 20, in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Ultimately, covenants teach us about God and how he relates to us. And covenants teach us about how God is calling us to relate to one another. And marriage is another example of a covenant that we see in scripture. Covenant marriage is God's design. It's God's absolute ideal for us. If you were here last week, then you heard Michael teach from Mark 10, verses 6 to 9, which reads, The two will become one flesh, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. And therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Marriage exists to display the covenant-keeping love between Christ and his church. And so there are generally three different kinds of contracts. Sorry, let me say that again there are generally three characteristics of contracts. First of all, contracts are often made for a limited period of time. Contracts are conditional. They're based on an if-then mentality. And contracts are motivated by the desire to get something. A covenant is completely different than a contract. A covenant is countercultural to what we see all around us. It's like a contract in the sense that it's an agreement between two or more people, but the actual nature of the agreement is different. Covenant relationships view commitments as permanent. In covenant relationships, people make unconditional promises. And covenant relationships are built on steadfast love. Steadfast, by definition, means to be firm and unwavering. In covenant relationships, we are choosing steadfast love. We are committed to one another in a way that is firm and unwavering. Covenants are initiated for the benefit of the other person. And steadfast love is not about what I get from the relationship, but about what I bring to the relationship. One of the most fundamental ingredients to a lasting marriage is the decision the commitment, the choice that marriage is for life, the choice that it's going to last. This mindset is so important that without it, marriage does not work. So let's pause for just a moment. And for those of you in the room who are married, would you ask yourself, are you approaching your marriage from the mindset of it being a contract or a covenant? The mindset that you have is crucial. In fact, the moment that you begin to approach your marriage from a place of contract, you're in trouble. The moment that I'm in becomes a question, you're in trouble. A covenant marriage is an unconditional commitment. A covenant marriage is something that is sealed and fixed for life. We know that God feels so strongly about this that we actually read in Malachi 2.16 just a very strong verse it says this for i hate divorce says the lord the god of israel to divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty says the lord of heaven's armies god hates divorce because divorce itself is a violation of the marriage covenant and i want to acknowledge right now that for some of us in the room who have experienced divorce we know how heartbreaking that is how real that is no matter what mindset or mentality people go into marriage with nobody gets married with the intention of divorcing and so if you're in that situation today please hear me say god doesn't hate you for be- for being for getting divorced god hates the pain the brokenness and the division that you have endured through divorce. And God doesn't want this to have to be our experience, even though in our fractured humanity, we sometimes arrive there. When I think back to the early days when Steve and I were first married, I think about how different we were when we got married, how our personalities were feisty and passionate, There were many times in the early days that I need to tell you that the only thing that kept Steve and I together was the choice to stay together. It wasn't conditions, it wasn't circumstances, it wasn't feelings, it wasn't his good looks or his charming personality, and it most certainly wasn't me. The only thing it was was our growing understanding of what marriage is and our raw stubbornness and determination to make it work. That mindset actually served us very well in those early days. And perhaps this morning, some of us need to rethink and reevaluate how we look at marriage. Do we approach marriage as a contract or a covenant? Now, I know that for some of us, this is an extraordinarily difficult conversation for one of two reasons. Perhaps you're in a covenant relationship, a covenant marriage with someone who has violated the covenant through abuse, infidelity, or abandonment. And I want you to know this morning, Jesus has given us the concession to get out of a relationship where the covenant has been violated. Which, by the, me, by the way, doesn't mean that you need to violate the covenant it does mean that you don't need to stay in a relationship where someone has. Secondly, some of you are still struggling because while you don't have any evidence of the covenant in your marriage being violated, you're feeling like your spouse has changed and that's making covenant marriage hard. You might be thinking, that sounds great in theory, but my relationship is different. When I first got married, I wanted it to be permanent. But things have changed. My circumstances are unique, and the person I married years ago is not the same person anymore. I said yes to that person who was wealthy or fit or young or healthy or whatever. But they're no longer that person. So maybe you're hearing this talk on covenant relationship and feeling like they changed the terms to the covenant that you agreed to. The person that you married isn't the same person that you're married to now. And so what do you do? In the Old Testament of the Bible, God didn't just establish covenants with people. He had them renew those covenants. And the very point was to restate the commitment of the covenant, even though things had changed. So a great example of this is in Jeremiah 31. In verses 31 to 33, we read this. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant. Though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord, this is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. In the same way that God had people renew covenants with him throughout the Old Testament, we are called to treat our relationship with God and with each other in the very same way. In John fifteen nine, Jesus says this, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. The word remain is a verb, and that means it's an action word. It's something that we choose to do again and again and again. Every day, we are given the invitation to remain in Christ in the very same way that a branch chooses to remain in the vine. And in Hebrews 13:1, we read that we are to keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters the language of keep on implies that we are to keep on loving each other over time as that person and as circumstances change what I want you to hear in this verse is that God's heart here is that you are staying committed over time even though things are changing because commitment is not a one-time thing it's a rechoose again and again and again. Covenant relationships aren't just commitments for life. Covenant relationships are relationships for life, assuming that both parties are always changing. There's a constancy to recommitting in the process of covenant keeping. And the big idea I want all of us to walk away with this morning is that not only only is marriage a covenant, it is an ever-changing covenant because marriage itself is always changing and never stagnant. The marriage itself, the people in it, and the circumstances around it are always changing. And that's what marriage is. Marriage is a commitment to stay committed to something that is always changing. It's a commitment to nurture a relationship and to care for a person that is always changing. The thing is, People grow and circumstances change. If you've been married for any amount of time, you know this is true. And marriage commits regardless, not if, but when. If we look at nature, nature itself, itself shows us that nothing ever changes the same. Life changes and flexes, even when it's barely noticeable, it's always changing. And this is true of any relationship that you find yourself in today, especially marriage. As a couple, you are always either growing closer together or farther apart. These are the two basic states of a relationship. And our natural default is to drift. Left unattended, we will drift. And marriage requires intentionality, work. With every shift and every change in a marriage relationship, it's about asking, what does my partner need me to be right now? How can I serve them? Covenant marriage has a posture of servanthood, mutual submission, and not about me. Remember, that's the difference between a contract and a covenant. A contract is about what I can get, and a covenant is about what I can give. I love the way that Paul writes in Romans when he says, be devoted to one another in love and honor one another above yourselves. Covenant marriage is about growing together regardless of what life throws at you. To make a one-time commitment is one thing. To make a covenant commitment today and then tomorrow and then the next day is another thing altogether. And if you're married and you think back to your wedding vows, this is exactly what they mean. For richer or poorer, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. Those vows assume that things will change, and the vows from the very get-go make the lasting commitment to stay committed even when and as they do. So as I have been preparing for today and thinking back to um, my own story, I think back to the, the days of planning a wedding. I think back to choosing a bridal party and what kind of flowers do we want and what song are we going to have our first dance to, if I think back to those days and imagine and picture Steve and I, neither of us could have predicted what would lie, lie ahead for us in the next 22 years and beyond. We could never have predicted things like health challenges, friendship changes, losing a parent, switching careers, and on and on and on. And if you're married, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You could not have predicted what was ahead for you. So much changes that we cannot be prepared for, and none of us can predict what that is. And that's kind of the point. When you get married, you are committing in advance, not if the relationship changes, but when it does, because it will over and over again. And this is the real challenge, and dare I say, the adventure of marriage. Marriage is two people staying together, staying with each other through thick and thin. Marriage is choosing each other for life, regardless of circumstances, and then re-choosing each other again and again. It is a lifelong journey, and we never completely arrive, and we're always choosing again and again, never taking our foot off the gas pedal. Sometimes people change in a way that abandons or violates the covenant, and that is so painful and real. However, just bailing because circumstances or people change is not the nature of covenant-keeping relationships. Steve and I have super good friends, Dee and Perry Newman, and Dee and Perry attend our Welland location. And we have tons of history together. In fact, Dee and Perry, we grew up together in youth ministry and in camping circles for years. Um, as families and as, um, as couples, we vacation together every summer. In fact, our kids have all grown up together since they were really, really small. Um, Stephen, or Dee and Perry were actually married the very same year as Steve and I in 1997. And over the past three years, their world has been shaken up quite a bit. Dee has faced a series of health challenges, and this has resulted in all kinds of changes in their lives. Health changes, career changes, and lifestyle changes. And today, they are very different people and have a very different relationship than they had 22 years ago. As you can imagine, this is hard, really, really hard. As I was chatting through this with Dee, she would especially want me to mention that not only has this been hard on both of them, this has been especially hard on Perry, and she would say he has been the true hero in their story. He has been on the receiving end of Dee's frustration, anger, and disappointment, and always remained steady, unwavering, and committed throughout. The super beautiful and inspiring thing about Dee and Perry is that they recognize that God's grace has brought them to where they are today, in spite of all that they've faced. In fact, they are no less committed to each other today than they were 22 years ago, because 22 years ago, they committed not to a contract, but to a covenant relationship. Through the journey of the past three years, those who are closest to Dee and Perry have had, have had the absolute up close personal privilege of watching covenant marriage lived out as they have committed over and over again to a commitment that was constant in spite of changes that they could never have predicted on their wedding day. They have been to me and to so many others a beautiful picture of covenant marriage, of a love that is steadfast and unconditional. And I believe that for some of you today, God is calling you to recommit to your spouse and to choose them in a covenant way. To commit to them in the midst of all that is changing. To commit to them in all the uncertainties of life. And those of you who are married in the room today, you know how hard this is. It is really, really hard. And if it feels hard, I want to demystify that for you and tell you that you're normal. It's supposed to be hard. As I think back to the early years of our marriage, I would even say the first 10 or 15 years, so often Steve and I would look around us at people we knew, we'd look around us on social media, and it appeared that everybody knew what they were doing. It seemed that everybody's marriage was great, that marriage was easy, maybe easy to everybody except for us. And many times we looked at each other and thought, what is wrong with us? This is hard. There were times in the early and not so early days of our marriage that we thought, what have we gotten ourselves into? And I guess I just want to say this morning, if that's where you're at, that's okay. It is hard and it's supposed to be hard. That's kind of the point. The very point of an always changing covenant marriage is that it takes work. Covenant relationships are hard. They're hard because they're about permanency. And they're hard because they're built on the unconditional promise of steadfast love. And just because they're hard doesn't mean they're not worth it. The really amazing work of covenant marriage is one of spiritual formation. It's really a beautiful invitation for all, for any of us who are married. When you're newly married, so much of what life will be and who your spouse will become together and individually is unknown. If you're married, then no human has the potential and the opportunity to shape, to shape you more than the person that you are married to. It's actually funny because I was thinking back to our wedding um, 22 years ago, and at our ceremony, the pastor uh, chose to preach on Proverbs 27, 17. And if, you've, if you know that verse, if you've heard of that verse, it goes like this. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And you know, at the time as we were getting married, we thought, wow, that verse is so beautiful and so inspirational. Not actually realizing How prophetic that verse was for us. And that the process of iron sharpening iron is actually quite a painful and dramatic process. There is nothing romantic about it. And yet, our experience has been that we have needed the sharpening of each other. That God has used the marriage um, relationship and the marriage experience to make us more like him. It's been massively formative in our spiritual lives. I have heard author Chris Hewitt describe marriage this way. I've heard him describe marriage as the crucible of transformation. I love that language because it's in the sacred, messy, hard spaces of marriage where we learn to give and receive forgiveness. It's where we learn to extend and receive grace. It's where we learn all about second chances. It's in the sacred, messy space of marriage that God loves to show up and do his beautiful and transformative work if we will let him. There's a book by Gary Thomas, and it's called Sacred Marriage. And the premise of this book is that marriage is not about making us happy, marriage is about us becoming more like Jesus in the process. Marriage is about choosing and re choosing covenant marriage. And in that process, we actually become more like Jesus. As we learn to live out our covenant and um, renew our vows day after day, it will require so much of you. And this is the very work that God wants to do in you and in me. This is where we get to depend on God. And as we learned a few weeks ago, as Jeff was preaching, this is where we learn how to live by the Spirit. Covenant renewal is mutually submissive, supernatural work. Covenant renewal is an absolute adventure. And it's where God shapes us in beautiful ways that we could never have imagined. As I mentioned at the front end of this message, I'm not an expert in marriage. Steve and I are learning on the journey like many of you. And we don't have all of, all of the things figured out. And at the same time, there are a few things along the way that we have learned, things that we have discovered to be helpful. And I want to share those with you. And the first is this, surround yourself with great friends. In the early days of our marriage, we began to realize that if we were going to thrive in our marriage, we needed good friends. And so we began to plead with God and ask him to give us a circle of friends that would help us on our journey. And God totally delivered, and that has made such a difference. If I think back to um, a message earlier this year, we talked about that quote show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. And that is so true in the marriage relationship. Another thing that's been big for us is having a posture of humility and being willing to learn. And so that means. We read books and listen to podcasts. We talk to friends who know more than we do, friends who have been in this journey longer than we have. It means that when things are hard, we talk to professionals. We developed a learning posture, and it's been so helpful. Another thing that's been really good for us is this language that we use. We use the phrase, begin again. And so anytime we have just a a tough, conversation, or we have to make up after a disagreement, or we're working through something hard. At the end, we'll say to each other, okay, let's start again, let's begin again. And that language gives us the permission to leave whatever has just happened behind us, to learn from it, and to move forward. Another thing is, whenever there's a gap, whenever there's something we're not sure about, choose trust. Assume the best of each other. This has served us so well, and this is something I wish we had learned years ago. It makes all the difference. Another thing, get curious about your spouse. As I mentioned throughout this message, both you and your spouse are always growing and changing and evolving, and so you're never the same person that you were last year or maybe even last week. So never imagine that you have everything figured out about your spouse. There are always new things to learn and new discoveries to be made. Curiosity keeps marriage feeling fresh and new. And having a mindset of seeing marriage as an adventure and having a mindset of curiosity um, has, has been really, really helpful. And I wanted to share that with you. Another thing is let go. Let me save you some years of frustration. And let go of the need to change or fix your spouse. Just love them as they are and let them be exactly who God made them to be. When there are problems, attack those problems as a team. Be as unified as you can. Let the problems that you face in your marriage draw you together and not apart. Grow together spiritually. This is so, so huge. Again, referring back to Jeff's talk from two weeks ago, it's not just about both of you having the identity of being Christians. It's about the intensity and really going for it in your life of faith. And then to piggyback on what Michael said last week, regular sex, it's real and it keeps your marriage fresh and alive. Now to those who are single, whether you are single, dating or finding yourself single again, how can we anchor ourselves in a vision for coveted relationship. How can we apply this kind of faithfulness to our friendships and be a voice of iron sharpening iron to any of our married friends? And maybe especially if we have friends who are thinking of throwing in the towel. Ask yourself, how can you be a friend to them? I wanna speak to those of you who are parents. How can we model to our kids what it looks like to demonstrate steadfast love and constant covenant commitment within the transformative crucibles of our homes, raising a generation who reflects God's heart to the world through the way they engage in relationships and in marriage commitments. And for those of you who feel like your marriage is just hanging on, I want to talk directly to you for a moment. Maybe you never understood covenants maybe you never understood that covenant is always changing. I want you to know this morning, it is not too late. We cannot change the past. And this message is not about shaming you, shaming ourselves. We want to be kind and gracious with, with ourselves. And we absolutely must change things moving forward. Maybe you feel like you're ready to throw in the towel and that your marriage is just hanging on by a thread Today, you can begin again. Today is about re-choosing covenant marriage and letting go of a contract mindset. God wants to make all things new, including your marriage. Today is about drawing a line in the sand. It's not about fighting for the former marriage that you once had. It's about fighting for the marriage that you now have and that you will have. Your marriage is worth showing up for and fighting for. The truth is many of the roles in your life can be replaced, but only you can be a spouse to your husband or wife. You are worth it and so are they. Today is a wake up call for some of you to make the choice to move toward your spouse and grow with them, to recommit. I promise you that yes, this is 100% hard. This is vulnerable and courageous work. And we can do hard things. Anything in life that is worth having is worth the hard work that it takes to get there. You can be the hands and the feet of Jesus to your spouse. Your marriage can be a crucible of transformation, a place of sharpening, a place where you can be safe and seen and where you can absolutely bring out the very best in one another. You can choose to be better together. You can leave a legacy that will impact generations. You can start fresh today. Maya Angelou once said this, love recognizes no barriers, it jumps hurdles, it leaps fences, it penetrates walls to arrive at its destination full of hope. If our destination is committing to ever-changing covenant marriage, then let's recommit this morning and chase that moving target. Let's jump the hurdles. Let's move through the walls that our spouse needs us to. It is time to be covenant renewal people because that's exactly what God has done for us through Jesus. I want to close off this morning with a quote. It's a quote um, from a book called For the Love by an author, Jen Hatmaker. And she writes this. Marriage is crazy work, but it's good work. Two people must regularly get over themselves and fight for love. There is no coasting. It's pretty much foot on the gas forever. Some parts get easier and some get harder. Thousands of times during a life built together, you walk up to a moment and you choose. I choose your happiness. I choose your health. I choose your well-being. I choose to build you up rather than strip away. I choose to believe in you. I choose this life we've built, these kids we've created, and this legacy that we're forming. I choose God in you and me, making us more like his son, writing a lovely story with our lives together. I choose you, and I would choose you all over again. Let's pray together. God, I thank you that you are a God who is steadfast and faithful and you constantly renew the relationship that we have with you. God, we are so grateful for that. We are so grateful to be your people. God, thank you for the covenant of marriage and how you have designed it. God, I just want to pray for all of the marriages in the room that this morning we would leave here more committed to ever more committed than ever to the idea of covenant marriage. God, that we would grow with our spouse, that we would daily recommit, and that, God, we would experience all that you have for us in this beautiful, ever-changing covenant relationship called marriage. God, I pray for those who are really hanging on by a thread. And, God, I pray that they would just feel... um, the conviction of a morning like this, God, I pray that they would find the strength in you to recommit to their marriage and make the absolutely courageous choice to continue to choose again and again their spouse. God, would you do transformative, beautiful work in the marriages that are represented in our community? God, we ask for your healing and grace in absolute abundance. And we thank you in the name of Jesus, amen.